Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You are listening to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward on Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward, part of the Missed Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. I'm Spun as the host and producer of Missed Apex Podcast. We're an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed with the kind permission of our better halves. We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. Uh, thank you for all the responses we've had for the North American karting. We definitely have enough responses to go ahead with it so we're looking for the first two weekends in june obviously the second one is the canadian grand prix itself so we have a track in canada we're talking to and a track in new york that we're talking to so you will if you've registered your interest you'll get an email today from me uh, with a little bit of a survey of what we think is the best option coming up this week on the stream we've got a normal live stream at 8 p.m uk time this sunday so come and join us live and on Saturday, you can watch our live-streamed iRacing event from 8pm. I know, thrilling, right? You can watch us having fun playing a video game. Chris Stevens will be on the mic commentating for you. It might be fun. It might just be carnage. Uh, you can find our Missed Apex Motorsport channel on all our social media. We've got a new channel just for those kind of things. And then on the 15th of March, we'll be here at 8pm reviewing the Australian Grand Prix, or will we? Best place to tell us that is F1 media legend, a man who's been to every Grand Prix since 1998. It's everyone's F1 uncle, Joe Sayward. How's it going there, Joe? 1988, get it right. What did I say? 98. I've made Let's that... just, just lop off 10 years, nothing too serious, you know. I've made that mistake before, but it's, it must be because you're looking so well and rested, Joe. You must be mm-hmm. looking youthful. I've taken ten years off you. Um, are you going? Are you going anywhere? Is your bag packed? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to London tomorrow, um, or day after tomorrow, I think, for a day, and then I should be back and lo- go to Australia on Monday, in theory. And uh, unless they cancel it, actually, if they cancel, I might go anyway. To be honest, I mean, if you paid for the fare, you might as well use it. I, I'm I'm gathering that you know restaurants and stuff are cheap, so because no one's going on holiday. Well, the Australian dollar's gone through the floor, which is great if you're visiting, but if you're um, organising events or something, it's not so great. But there you are. And so, what are the noises you're hearing though out of the out of the FIA and out of the events? You know, we understand it's irrelevant what the FIA says. It's irrelevant what the Formula One group says because it's down to government. And so, basically, we wait and listen to the chief medical officer of the Australian government. Uh, who is a professor, somebody or other, who says right now there's no need to uh, place Italians into quarantine because it's not that bad in Italy. It is quite bad, but um, it's very uh, regionalized. So that's really the only reason um, to cancel anything. Um, there's lots of other problems getting there, like you know, routings and things. You're allowed to go through Singapore, a lot of people, um, because of insurance. I'm going through uh, Dubai. But I'm not allowed to go to Bahrain on the way back from Dubai at the moment. But I think the Bahrainis are sorting that out. Presumably, they're putting on um, 
rather fancy planes or something so that they can pick up all the Formula One people who arrive in Dubai, because that's the major routing that one takes to go to uh, Bahrain. Almost everybody passes through um, Dubai. So it's just that's Formula One. Uh, will you say that the FIA have no no control over it? Obviously, they have no control over official government advice. But Sam Watley asks the question on Twitter, uh, interested to know the extent that uh, a, a, this kind of curtailed season is provided for in the sporting regs because he's <laughs> cited that Braun is making noises about no team left behind. So, I mean, the FIA can Well, teams decide. have been left behind over the, in the history of the sport all the time. So that's just Ross's modern ideas. Uh, there is no coverage in the sporting regulations as far as I know. There are commercial agreements where teams agree to be there. Um, and if they're not there, it's because of force measure. And I presume that a an outbreak of a virus is force measure um, or act of God. There are two things, actually. Um, and so, uh, but if you think back or, you know, a little bit about the 1960s and 1950s, Ferrari, well, before you were born, I suppose, yes. Um, Ferrari um, uh, basically used to fail to turn up occasionally because of strikes in Italy. Um, now they didn't have commercial agreements in those days, but they did have, um, you know, they had a world championship. So the race went ahead without Ferrari. So there is no precedent. But of course, I understand what Ross is saying, and he's quite right. Really, you shouldn't, in the modern age, particularly with the amount of commercialization that exists, have uh, races where not everybody is allowed to get there. Uh, so, Joe, I'm assuming you know your balls are, are still flesh, not crystal. But just a bloke has asked us in our Slack group. How many races does Joe think will be lost this year? I have no idea. I have no idea, and I will have no idea probably until the day before. I haven't booked to go to Vietnam yet, let's put it that way, because first of all, nobody in their right mind is flying to Vietnam, uh, and so there's plenty of availability. And second of all, I don't know if it's going to happen. So, you know, they say it's going to happen. Everybody says it's going to happen, but we have to see. And you know, there's an awful lot of panic going on in the world. I mean, it's a, it's a bad thing, this virus, and we shouldn't underestimate. Uh, there's lots of people saying, oh, it's, no, it's just a like the flu. Well, it's not like the flu. It's like a very, very dangerous flu that could kill dozens of millions of people. So, you know, let's get real about this thing. I'm glad, um, I'm even glad if it's only that, 2%. I'm glad you said that, Joe. I was, I was, you know, you never know which way people are going to go because there is a lot of, oh, it's just cold. You know, we've had wars before and they were all right. Yeah, it doesn't kill as many <laughs> yeah, people right. as spears. Yeah, all right. Um, well, you know, the, the, there's a Spanish influenza that came in 1919. A little history lesson for those who don't know these things. But okay. In 1919, there was a First World War, which killed quite a lot of people. And then in, in 1918 and 1919, there was a Spanish influenza that killed way more than the war. So something like 25 million. They don't really know because they didn't have um, proper records, but it was at least 20 million people were, were killed by this flu. So if you do the numbers on a 2% death rate on 60% of the world's population, you get to 90 million. 90 million is a lot of people. So it's a high number. we should be serious about this. However, I think every uh, Australian's buying loo paper to such an extent that there is no loo paper left anywhere in Australia is is perhaps a little excessive. Although I was in the supermarket in France uh, yesterday and the pasta department has been um, well ravaged. Let's Look, say. Uh, here in the Spanner's home, we, we, we have enough pasta and bog roll to self-quarantine ourselves. Uh, but look, Joe, we're not doctors and we're not, we're not you know, the CDC or whatever. Uh, the, the effect on the championship is interesting because, you know, people are thinking that it's the Asian leg, the flyaways that are being affected more. Of course, the European leg could be equally affected uh, as we get round to that part of the year. And there's talk of substitute tracks. Do you think if... if Who wants to go to Monza right now? I mean, you know, Monza is, is in the thick of Lombardia, where it's all at. There are cases in Monza. Um, you know, it's not... Uh, it's impossible to say what's going to happen in six months' time. If it's, a, if it's a pandemic, logically speaking, if it's everywhere in the world, it doesn't, it doesn't stop people travelling. It's just that it is in some places and not in others at the moment. Therefore, there is this sort of panic going on saying we won't let them in. To be quite honest, I don't think that stopping people at borders is actually going to help very much because, you know, things will, will move whatever happens because you can't identify if somebody's really got it or not, it seems. I mean, lots of people have been missed. Uh, welcome to our chat room, Lurcher260, who is watching us live by searching for YouTube and uh, then going to Missed Apex Podcast says, uh, yes, he's he's confirming 
most Melbourne supermarkets have run out of toilet paper. And uh, they have, they have. Waza, I'm not going to pronounce that, buddy. Waza says, uh, Joe, how about replacing those events with esports? Easy. Well, you can have esport events, but I think that uh, the older generation of Formula One drivers who don't know how to drive these things um, wouldn't do so well. And the other thing is, I was talking to Max Verstappen last summer. And he was talking about esports because he does it with, he was teamed up with uh, Lando Norris and I think they won the Spa 24 Hours or something like that, but virtually. Um, and he said, I could not get close to the regular gamers. I cannot compete with them. They are better than me because they spend their time doing it day in, day out. I haven't got time to do it. I, you know, he just arrives, drives it. So, you know, you can have a world championship for e-gamers, but it's not the same as a world championship for Formula One drivers. The bottom line is, if we have seven races, that's enough. You know, you you have a world champion at the end of it. Um, there used to be very few number of races in the old days. It just it's expanded because there's money in it, and therefore we got twenty two or twenty one if China doesn't happen. Um, so, as long as you have, I don't know if there's a rule saying what the minimum number of races must be. Ah, yes. There are rules. There are rules in in uh, about world championships. But having said that, the, the World Endurance Championship supposed to have a number of manufacturers and it clearly doesn't so um it's only if the fia feels the need to sort of knock it on the head but they don't want to because obviously it's one of their um important championships so uh, that's why toyota actually they've they've got this balance of performance now which means toyota can't win and and so rebellion's winning it at the moment i think which doesn't make any sense to me at all because clearly uh, it's all artificial but you know that's that's what you have to do. So I, I have no idea where we're going to go. I have no idea um, what will happen. By the time we get back to Europe, I would think that most of Europe will be as infected now. I mean, it's in, it's just growing every day, everywhere, pretty much. Uh, apart from Vietnam, of course, where nothing's happening at all. Um, Everything's and they've, they've cured everybody there. Um, they've de-quarantined de the closed-off areas, and everything's fine. Uh, Godfried Metz in the chat says, I would suggest, I'm going to give him this voice, I would suggest Joe not wildly speculate about things he's not an expert on. Now, Joe, you haven't done. You've done a, a stand-up job here. Uh, you're quite right. I haven't done. No, so, you've... I mean, welcome welcome to the world. Um, everybody <laughs> in the world is speculating. Yes. I went to the garage the other day and they speculated. I went to the supermarket and they speculated. I'm merely having a conversation. I'm not speculating. I'm just saying this is how it looks. Now, as a rider to that, I have been following the coronavirus, as was now called COVID-19, for about six weeks very closely. And if you read my JSBM newsletter, you'll see that because it struck me immediately that this was a, a, a major problem that we had to keep an eye on. And so I've been following it very closely. So perhaps I have a little bit more knowledge, not necessarily expertise, but I've certainly spent a lot of time looking it up. And I can tell you, you know, up to about, I'm usually about sort of six hours behind where things are happening because you can't get much closer than that. Joe, uh, thank you. Yes, I think we, if we go too much further down this path, it is it will become instantly out of date. That's the big problem about talking about <laughs> True. Uh, True. the coronavirus. Um, the big news really from a motorsport calendar point of view is that there is an asteroid due to cross the Earth's path on April the 29th. And if it hits, that'll end the world, which is... Uh, Frankly, Marvelous. at this point, yeah, I think it's a relief at this point, if I'm honest with you, yeah. Joe. I, I, would, I would add that Bahrain, it looks like the organisers in Bahrain are taking special steps because I, I had a message yesterday saying, please advise on all your travel plans and where you've been and where you'll be going to. Um, and so they've obviously got some sort of plan ahead. So even if they do have problems, and their problems are largely related to people they catch at the airport. I don't think they've had any um, direct transmissions inside the country they may have done today but they hadn't yesterday um so we'll see where we go but um you know i think it's growing everywhere and i think we have to face up to the fact that um we're going to have a disrupted year certainly and uh, some people are wondering if i'm going to ask you about ferrari hmm let me think about it okay i'll confess it was kind of in my show notes and we had a big bomb drop this morning which is the teams writing a letter uh, joe obviously before we came on air you were furiously scrambling because it came up just as we were doing you know the prep to go live I, I think there's two things to approach here the team statement we'll just put to one side to start with the the fia 
secret agreement thing. The last time you were on, you said you were sitting on a big news story. Was no, it related? Not no, not that. related? Oh, okay. No. But so they've come to a secret agreement about what they were doing last year. Last year, you made the statement here on this show that you said you did not believe a publicly listed company could just you know, lie in the manner that I may have been cheekily suggesting. But with this private agreement, you could be forgiven now for cynics like me to say, well, they were just they were just rumbled. They were caught red handed doing something wrong. And now this is all a face. Yeah, you can't you can't prove any of that. The, the, the fact is that uh, what is what is the error that the FIA has come up with? And it, it is the FIA who has um, who's fundamentally made the mistake. If you're going to have an, a secret deal, keep it secret. You don't announce secret deals. Secondly, you don't announce secret deals on Friday nights at six o'clock, which is clearly a time that you put out bad news. I mean, it's just not clever thinking. You put out a thing. I I, I had the FIA on the phone and they said, we put it out because that's when the decision was made. I said, well, maybe that's true. But you'd never put anything out on a Friday night because everyone knows you're trying to hide it. Even if you're not, that's what people are going to think. You've got to use some, some thought processes. And you can't just sort of, well, we'll just shove it out there and, and nobody will worry about it. So you have a secret deal that you've announced and you've announced it at the wrong time. So, you know, I just don't get it, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't suppose there's anything really bad in it. I think probably the whole reason for keeping it private is the fact that it's private information that Ferrari doesn't um, want to share with other teams, which is fair enough. But but just do it in a sensible way. And and that's where I think the FIA, they're going to come in for a huge amount of stick. Um, and this is, you know, I, I gave them a bit when it came out and now the teams have all got together and they're going to get a load more stick and they're threatening legal action and this sort of stuff. So, you know, you can't run a sport like that. So, uh, in any you know, article two of whatever it is, article two of the FIA statute says it will be run in a transparent manner. So they broke their own rules straight away. I mean, you don't even have to read very far down the list of articles and they've broken it. So let's just get real, get it out in the open. If it's something that relates to something that Ferrari doesn't want other people to know about, at least go into the details of, of you know, we had to change something on something, you know, just just to tell tell as much as you can because it's not transparent. Okay, so we can't prove anything. They haven't revealed the details of their secret agreement. But I mean, what what you must have an opinion. What do you think they? I think it's stupid. Out? I think it's completely stupid. But I I think you know. Do I have an opinion? Do I think that Ferrari was cheating? No, they probably weren't cheating. They were pushing. Well, who knows? But how how know, do you think they were? Pushing they were the pushing. They no, they can't because you know they are. It's a very very uh, difficult thing um, when you're playing games like that. And I think it's right to talk about being a listed company. You have certain responsibilities. You're a public company. You have responsibilities to your shareholders and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I don't think you can basically cheat. Now that doesn't mean that people working for you won't do it without you knowing. A good example of that being Singapore in 2008, where uh, members of the Formula One team did things that the Renault company didn't know about. The minute the Renault company found out, incidentally, they confessed everything, said we're responsible, um, and uh, we're leaving the sport. So, you know, they they basically recognised what had happened, but some of their people hadn't. Now, if that's what's been going on at Ferrari, well, that's another question. But I think what what the CEO said is true, Louis Camilleri. I think that you have to be responsible in the way you deal with things. Now, beyond that, the whole thing's just a mess. And um, what we want is transparency. What everybody wants is transparency. And the minute they get transparency, we'll all shut up and go away. It's very simple. It's not rocket science, but you can't do that stuff in the modern age. It it, it breeds a lot of conspiracy theories, though, doesn't it? Of and, course it does. Of and, course and- it does, because that's that's the lunacy of of a lack of transparency you're just inviting people to have conspiracy theories it doesn't make sense it is completely illogical and it's probably one of these things that happens when somebody who doesn't understand the way the media operates you know does something that blows up in their face because they i mean Obviously, the head of communications at the FIA will understand how media works. But, you know, sometimes you don't argue with the boss. If the boss says, this is what we're going to do, or whoever, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But what I, I do know is that it's a mess. 
and uh, it doesn't do the sport any good at all. And um, we need to have it cleaned up. So you know, you said it invites conspiracy. I have I have grasped that invitation with three hands, Joe. Go on, let me let me do some. Go on, let's hear it. Is is Lord Lucan involved? Okay, so they found a way to make their fuel delivery more efficient, either with additives or tricking the sensor. It was one of those two mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to run underweight because they were their fuel thing was so efficient at the beginning of the straights. Now that they've lost that, that the, it's coincided now with all these negative statements are kind of put in more context with Bonotto throwing in the towel for 2020, with with them being so far down on power that people assumed they weren't running anything like their race engine modes, which I'm sure all teams do to an extent. Then this FIA come, uh, statement comes out that they've come to an agreement. Now, they've come to an agreement, and suddenly Ferrari are out of the 2020 championships. So my wild conspiracy is that the uh, behind closed doors, Ferrari have had their, their wrists wrapped severely and told effectively not to win the 2020 World Championship. Yes, conspiracy confirmed. Well, it's a conspiracy theory, yeah. Do I think any there's any elements of that that are true? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know where Ferrari is either on the pecking order because they're, they're talking everything down. They're looking worried. They're scratching their heads. But yet, if you do the race analysis uh, on the lap times, so I'm told, I haven't sat down and done it, but I'm told if you do that, they're pretty much on the pace of Mercedes. So, you know, how do you know? We don't know. We never know. It's always the same this time of year. You turn up in Australia and um, we find out what, what the situation is. It's, it's that simple. I, I hope you're right, Joe. I really hope you're right. I mean, what F1 could really do with is a battle between Lewis Hamilton and, and Charles Leclerc really fighting tooth and nail for a championship. Oh, I don't think so. I think Lewis Hamilton versus Sergio Perez would be fine. <gasps> oh, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. Oh, I'm so excited, Joe. The prophecies are being fulfilled, finally. Uh, right. Yeah, but that, that, the way it's done is not necessarily the right way of doing it, but there you are. Okay, so, Joe, um, now that brings us to the team. So, like you said, they're going to come under a lot of fire. If you don't mind, I'm going to take a moment just to quickly read the statement that the teams have, have undersigned, uh, just for mm-hmm. the sake of anyone listening. We, the undersigned teams, were surprised and shocked at the FIA statement regarding the conclusion of its investigation into the Ferrari power unit. Uh, right. Uh, stuff about governance, integrity and transparency, as Joe mentioned. After months of investigation that were undertaken by the FIA, only uh, following queries raised by other teams, we strongly object to the uh, settlement being done in a confidential way uh, and for it to conclude in this matter. Therefore, we publicly uh, state our shared commitment to pursue full and proper disclosure in this matter. In addition, we reserve our rights to seek legal redress. With the FIA. Uh, so I've redacted that a little bit because I got bored while I was reading it. Um, but the teams that signed it are basically, uh, yep, that's all the teams without Ferrari engines, Joe. That would be logical, wouldn't it? I don't suppose any of the Ferrari supply teams would have signed that one. It's a bit like people saying, why on earth did they, why did McLaren let Pat Fry go to Renault early? Uh, duh. Think about it. <laughs> you can't race without an engine, can you? Anyway, on we go. So, yeah. <sighs> We'll see how it all turns out, but it's it's, it's a big mess anyway. Is that hot air from the other teams, or are they really pushing to have it reviewed? No, I think they're very upset, and I think they're very upset for good reason, because it's not so much uh, what the details are may may be really boring, but the fact it's been done in an untransparent way with, or, or opaque way, let's put it untransparent, not being a very nice word, in an opaque way, particularly in relation to Ferrari, which, of course, has always been, uh, the Ferrari has always been the FIA pet, if you like. Now, that's, that's the, that's the wet, long-held belief that Ferrari was allowed to get away with things other teams weren't. Now, for years, we've believed that's all gone away. And then suddenly, we have this opaque decision that makes it look as though it's all come back. And they seem surprised that people are upset, but it, it's, it, it's, just, it's just bonkers. Glad to hear you say that, Joe. Uh, Georgie, on our Facebook page, you can be my Facebook friend. Are you on Facebook, Joe? Can people be your Facebook friend? I am, yes. Search but I only, I only accept people I've actually met. Oh, really? Oh, no, no. I've got, I'm, I'm a Facebook, I'm a Facebook, I nearly said a bad word. I, I will accept any Facebook request. Search for Richard. You can Reddy. join me on Twitter if you don't know me at all. But Facebook, I think, is a, is a certain level of um, personalization in Facebook. Well, I love all of you. Uh, and you can come and be my friend, Richard Reddy, on Facebook or join our Missed Apex podcast 
Facebook group, which has now risen to the level that you get badges. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, I, apparently, my profile, I am a rising star in that group. So you can come come and comment on stuff and get badges. Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at Mr. Apex Is that like F1. Lou Peter badges? Yeah, I think so. Kind of. Uh, basically, if you can make a rocket ship out of old toilet paper or, uh, you know... A if fairy... you can find it in Melbourne, you can't. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, in Australian kids are right out of luck here. <laughs> Uh, fairy up, washing up liquid bottle as well. Uh, yeah, so come and be our friends. Come and follow us. Uh, that would be awesome. You can even support the show on patreon.com forward slash missed apex. Georgie, I think, has the last word on this. Uh, he says, Joe, he's loved you for years and followed your writing. Here's his conspiracy theory. Ferrari was cheating all along. Um, uh, no, no, they they made it seem like they were cheating, but they weren't. And they downturned the engines for the last races so that everyone thought they were uh, and then concentrated on downforce in the off season and it's a massive bluff and in Australia they're going to have a one-two thanks Georgie that's that's entirely possible they might have a one-two in Australia but um I think I think uh, no no I think the rest of it's probably a bunch of old poppycock but um there we are people are going to have their own theories so whatever I don't know and therefore I try to avoid having theories when you don't have any facts at all but I suspect that for the FIA to have done what they did, they must have felt it wasn't that important um, to have, you know, to to have so blatantly um, shot themselves. What's taken two barrels in the foot? You know. Wait a minute. So don't don't speculate when you don't have facts. That's what I've been doing wrong all these years. Hey. <laughs> right? I was playing bumper music there, Joe. So it looked all okay. looked all Very pro. Good. It's less pro when you go, "What? What's going? What's ha- what's happening? What is this strange noise in the background?" Uh, that is my signal that I was moving on to another subject. Not I know uh, I have come to think of myself over the last six years doing this podcast as something of an oracle, Joe, uh, like a like a wizened elf or something. And, I, and I'm pretty good with a bow and arrow on VR games. And I have foretold. Uh, as written in the in the Mist Apex scriptures, I am going somewhere with this joke. That Lance Stroll would be a world driver champion, uh, and I need to now know. Uh, and so does Utter Shambles. Does Joe now believe? Do you believe the prophecy? No. Next question. But they, he's got he's got a Mercedes championship. Yes, but he's car. also got a teammate who's faster than him. So this is a fundamental flaw in the argument, isn't it? Well, I I just thought like you can't. So he sack- can be second in the world championship, Maybe. no problem. If that car is is faster than Mercedes, which it won't be, because you never get faster if you copy something, do you? So this is my main question for you, Joe. What is the end game? This is a great stepping stone, but this can't be the end game. What is Papa Stroll thinking? Well, it's very simple. You have you have. Um, one year left in the old formula, you have nothing to gain by staying with your own philosophy, which didn't work particularly well. It nearly did, but not quite. So why not do something radical? Um, You've saved yourself a lot of effort probably in the winter as well by doing it that way. Maybe not, but there's an awful lot of um, work needs to be done in the course of this season for 2021 a huge amount. So anything you can do to make your life easier in 2020 and more competitive, because there's more money obviously involved, uh, you want to do. So what all they've done is they've bought everything you can buy, and then they have quite openly admitted we've copied it. But what they haven't done is they haven't copied using data directly from Mercedes. If they did that, they wouldn't be allowed. But they, Mercedes are not going to hand out data like that because Mercedes are a listed company, blah, 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 play by the rules, blah, 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 social responsibility, blah, blah, blah. That's, they're not going to do that. But having said that, it's irrelevant because nowadays copying, you can do all kinds of um, measurement. You, you can get photographs with 3D conversion may not be perfect, but it'll get you quite close. You have scanners. Teams have scanners that they use for quality control inside their organizations. You take one of those on the grid, you can scan an entire uh, rival car. You don't even have to sort of stand up in front of it. You know, you can actually sort of put it in a fire extinguisher or something and make it look as though it's something that it's not. But you can scan anything. And you can get, that's, that's to CAD CAM level. So, you know, when you come off the grid at a Grand Prix, you can actually at home, once you've downloaded it, um, 
over the internet, of course, at very high speed, blah, 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 blah. You can have the other people's cars there. Ah. So, you know, where do you draw the line? The answer is, was there any clear, um, co, co, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Collusion. Um, collusion. Thank you. Collusion between Mercedes and, uh, racing point the answer is no there wasn't obviously not uh, joe uh, it's a very kind of you know professional and mature approach to say uh, you know the publicly listed company stuff but leo and others are saying hey look you know all sorts of things happen back doors in listed companies and don't they now know there's a precedent set that it'll just be a private agreement yeah, but they won't do it i, I don't believe the people at mercedes-benz will do it because what what's what, what do they get out of it well i was thinking money is that naive no they get money anyway I mean, yeah, you, you. I suppose you say, I'll pay you an extra 10 if you give me the data. If I were Toto Wolf, I'd say it's not worth the risk. I can get, you know, I can get the, I can, you can get the data by another means. Okay. So, so let's, no, let's I, don't, t- I don't see that being a reason. Sorry, Joe. Uh, let's talk about Racing Point just as a racing outfit now, because that's the reality. The reality is they have that car, they have that aero, they have the engine. Like, wh- I just want to know about the the scale of ambition of this team because I've been touting it as when I first had Stroll come into the in F1 when I had him when I saw him come in I looked up Papa Stroll and I went that guy can do anything he's got money he's got business he's got ambition yeah but lots of people come to Formula One being able to do everything and lots of people come unstuck in Formula One so you shouldn't assume that just because they've done well in other areas of life uh, mean that they're going to do well in Formula One because it takes a very special kind of attitude. Uh, and and quite often, more often than not, uh, people arrive and crash and burn. So, you know, um, Papa Stroll has done a lot of the right things, um, and he has ambition to to be a factory team. That's why he's he's done this. Well, the Aston Martin deal is actually not specifically related to Formula One. I think it's just what does Papa Stroll do uh, uh, for a living, or what has he done for a living? He's he's built brands. So he's a brand manager or a brand promoter. And Aston Martin is a good brand that hasn't done as well as it could do. So basically, rather than doing it with clothing, he's doing it with cars. But it's a, a brand is a brand. Oh, so Aston Martin, right? you said a key word there, which was works team. So there's a lot of uh, new F1 fans, and we have a lot of new listeners lately. I thought that in this modern era, we'd kind of gotten used to saying works team meant engine manufacturer when you say works team what does that mean well a works team is yeah i I guess it does mean engine manufacturer in most cases but it doesn't have to um but i think it's a bit like alfa romeo they're pretending sauber is pretending to be an alfa romeo team isn't it Ah. with a ferrari engine in the back so it's an alfa it's actually a sauber ferrari dressed up as an alfa romeo because they've been given money to call it that so is that a works team? Uh, probably not. So by that logic, Aston Martin won't be a works team. However, there is a difference. Fred Vasser or the Swedish bloke doesn't own Alfa Romeo. So it's slightly different. And to be honest, uh, Mr. Stroll doesn't own Aston Martin either. He owns only 20%. For but, now. You know, yeah, it's all, that's all. But you, you know, it's enough to, um, to, to have quite a, a strong voice. It's just like, what sort of scale of money are we talking about with the strolls compared to the big teams? Could he could he just invest and go right? We've now got the same resources as Mercedes and Ferrari. He could if he's got that kind of money. Um, which in, 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 the thing about money is that if you go to these people, you know, the Sunday Times or whoever, who estimate how much someone's worth, it doesn't mean they've got it in cash. Doesn't mean it's sitting in the in a in a safe at the end of the garden. Aww. It means that that's what their value is. If you sold all the shares of da di da di da, so how much cash he's got is much more important. How much money he can borrow actually is quite often the case, um, because smart people don't spend their own money; they borrow money and and pay it back later. Um, so, really, it's a matter of can you compete with that kind of thing. Maybe I mean Mercedes aren't spending that much money. If you if you look at all the sponsorship that's coming in, and they're getting to a point now where they I think they've been told get it neutral, get it cost neutral, um, which is why they have the Ineos deal on the car, and there are other sponsorship deals, and and so, but you can get to cost neutral if you're in if you're in the the leading role in Formula One and you have been for six years. If you can't get it to cost cost neutral, you're not doing a very good job. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. If you can't get it cost neutral, you can at least be carbon neutral, Joe. Well, they've, they've announced something like that, but I, I don't honestly understand all that lark, so... I mean, carbon neutral doesn't make any sense to me in a lot of respects because they're part of Formula One. And Formula One was talking about, let's all go carbon neutral. I said, okay, great. What are you doing about the uh, the spectators who drive to the races? Well, that's not what we're including. Uh, Well, hang on a minute. Um, Isn't that part of it? All those people who drive to Formula One races are are issuing effluence or whatever the word is. Um, And, uh, you know, they they have to be taken into account. So otherwise, it's just a PR job, isn't it? So... You know, I think I think everybody's talking about green this and green that, um, and some people are entirely bonkers. I mean, you know, Britain is going um, fully electric, not even hybrid by twenty thirty five. Yep. Do you know Do you know what they have to do to get there? No, tell me. <laughs> do you know how many nuclear power stations you have to build to create enough power to to, to use everything? Seven. Six. Oh, hey, I wasn't far off. Not bad, is it? Yeah, they're fifteen billion each. So. Um, and there's Brexit, which has got nothing to do with anything, of course, because Brexit is going to be a huge success and money will come flowing into the country in vast amounts. But um, just in case it doesn't, you have you have uh, six times 15 billion to pay for, not to mention the fact, not to mention the fact that you have people who are going to complain when you say, well, we're just building a nuclear power station next door, dear. Um, you know, people don't like nuclear power stations. And, and to get the electricity needed to run all the cars, you're going to need a lot of power. So these people are absolutely mad. It's just political. God, well, it's Boris Johnson, isn't it? I mean, I, I have no strong political opinions one way or the other, Joe. The chat room is going. No, absolutely- all politicians, all politicians are like that. I'm not. All uh, the mean- chat room is going nuts. I, I did think I did. Do I mention the carbon neutral thing to Joe? No, that'll just wind him up. Oh, no, that's literally my job. Uh, pull that string spanners. Look, I don't have anything wrong with saving the world. I have nothing against saving the world. But it's just a lot of toshes talked about it. A lot of Tosh has talked about it, and a lot of it's PR. Now, we can go around and make the world a better place, but the, making the world a better place, oddly enough, in relation to cars, it, I know it's going to sound totally bizarre, but fully electric, when you boil it down from, from birth to death of these cars, diesels are better nowadays. Look yeah. it up. They're Look all, it up. They're all Get on Google and say how how efficient are diesels and and life you know full lifing of electric cars and all this sort of stuff. I tell you, it's a load of old tosh. Joe, I don't fully endorse everything you're saying, but I love hearing about it and I love the amount of thought you've put into it. I'm going to steer it though back to F1 just to finish off racing point. Hey, look, we've got a serious situation. I know Lance Stroll is treated. I know not quite the same as the other drivers. I think he's getting better. 
And he's he's always in his defense. If he's not been the fastest guy, he's gone about things in the right way. He's not knocking cars off the track. He's going about it. He's been on podiums more time than Nico Hülkenberg has. Well, infinitely more so, yes. Infinitely more exactly. so. Um, he no, seems, no, but you have to yeah. take these things into account. The guy is not a noddy. He's there for a reason. Okay, one of the reasons is that daddy's rich, but then a lot of them are there because daddy's rich or have been in the past. So, you know, the fact is he's also got ability. And uh, how much ability is the question? It's not, it's not about whether he deserves a place in Formula 1. He clearly deserves to have a place in Formula 1. Are there others with more talent who should have had a place in Formula One? Yes, Perhaps Joe. There are. No, yes. Perhaps there are. Definitely, yes, though. But they didn't get there because they didn't have a means of getting there. So you know, somewhere along the line, you have to you have to sort of just accept that yes. this happens. Mm. But but the level of Formula One driver talent is the highest it's ever been this year, and I consider Lance Stroll to be right up there in the right. Not I'm not saying he's world champion material, but he has a right to be where he is. I think what people miss is the standard of driving. Oh, God, I'm going to get emails for this. Spannersready at gmail.com to tell me what an idiot I am. The standard of driving is so much higher now that even for a paid driver, you have to get all the way up to that standard. Absolutely right. Uh, and if you... Oh, people are going to get angry. Look, Lance Stroll is better than a lot of the old drivers that you hold in high, high regard. Just technically better just because those drivers in the olden days didn't have the same stiff competition, they didn't have the same training. You can't compare different eras, it's a waste of time. But, you know, basically, in the modern era, Lance Stroll can hold his own against, I would say, 60% of the grid. Now, hold his own, not necessarily beat. Can he develop? When I say hold his own, I mean he is competitive with 60% of the grid. He doesn't qualify well, which is a big problem. As a racer, he, he can hold his own with about 60% of the grid, I would say. Now, he can get better. They can all get better. But the fact is that the quality of Formula One is higher than it's ever been, and Lance Stroll has a, a perfectly uh, valid um, position in that. Okay, it's been easier for him. Okay, but he is, when I said a serious situation, that's not actually what I was talking about. That was my preamble, Joe. The serious situation is... We've got a real chance for well, my favourite driver on the grid, Sergio Perez, to fulfil some of that career-long potential. And he could be in it for race wins. And I, I just think he's the driver that if you give him the opportunity, I'd calm down a little bit on that. But, what? Um, well, let's let's, I let's don't rewind. Want to, let's re- I know you don't want to. You're, you're a mad Perez fan, which I fully appreciate because I'm a, a big fan of Perez as well, but not mad. Um <laughs> You have to bear in mind that Perez had a very good opportunity, which he did not make the most of. And this is one of the things that happens in Formula One. It happened to, to Kevin Magnussen. It happened to Stoffel van Dorn. Very, very fine. Hang driving. on, Joe. Joe, wait a minute. What's the common thread between all those situations? You've just- <laughs> it happened to a bunch of Red Bull drivers as well. Yeah. But, you know, the fact is that people get opportunities and you make the most of them as best you can. Now, in all those cases, you can make excuses and say he didn't do this or he didn't do that or he was up against Alonso or this or that. You know, the fact of the matter is that that is what you have to do. And if you have a knockback, that impacts on your career. That in- impacts on your own confidence. Now, right now, Perez is flying high. He's, he's clearly a very talented guy. Um, and, you know, he's, he's in a good position, so good for him. Will he win races? That's another story. Will he get to Ferrari? No, he won't. I don't think he needs to. Where would you rather be, Ferrari or Racing Point over the next few seasons? Uh, Udiva in the chat room. Everybody wants to go to Ferrari in the end. At the bottom, underneath it all, they all want to be at Ferrari. In our chat room here, uh, Udivia says, uh, look, Racing Point is the same team with the same engineers. And I think, I don't think this is the point he's making, but the point I would get out of that is, yes, this is the team that has finished fourth in the championship with nothing. This is the team where everyone was saying, Force India are the best pound-for-pound team. And people were saying that for season after season. Uh, did they? Is that two fourth places in Formula One so far? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think... So if it's the same well, team... Actually, I think Haas has probably done a better job in the overall scheme of things with there because they did very well in one or two years, didn't they? Until they went wrong. Um, but, you know, the, the fact is that you you come in, you have your strategy, and your strategy works or doesn't work. Now, Force India had a very good strategy. And it was it was quite successful. Has had a very good strategy. It upset people, but all Force India is doing, sorry, all Racing Point is doing now nice. is applying the Has strategy 
in in a more efficient way than Haas did. So, and and that's why, to some extent, you haven't heard Haas complaining about it because that's what they did. They they can't complain about it. Yeah, because no. it's just <laughs> it would be funny. You know, now, if you're yeah. Williams, you can complain about it because you've got this. You've got this. You're sort of setting. You've got to have. You've got to make the gearbox. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Um, that's a rather old fashioned attitude. Joe, we're going to take a quick pause from the current grid to talk about where people can come and see you in real life. Because here you come and join me in the shed. Uh, it's 11 o'clock in the morning for me. I've got coffee. It's a very unfamiliar feeling for a podcast. But there is an opportunity to go and hang out with you, have some glasses of wine, uh, some fine food, and listen to you talk. And you have audiences with Joe all around the world. And you've got one coming up in London. I have two coming up, actually, one in London and one in Melbourne, uh, if everything goes to plan. So basically... Um, you can, yeah, you come along and you ask me all the questions you want to ask me. And it's interesting because you, the sort of people that go there kind of know, do you, do you have people going back again and again? I do. I even have stalkers who follow me around the world. <laughs> oh, um, one day. Um, yeah, I had, I actually, I think it was, I think I've got one this year actually, who's done, who's doing London and then a week later doing Melbourne. So. Uh, but that's wonderful because what you've done is you've kind of started to build like a little community of people that follow Joe around the world and, and ask him about uh, F1. Yeah, within reason. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say that you are different. You are far more candid when, when it's the evening time and the lights are set low and it's Joe up at the front. Yeah, as been, long as it's not being recorded, I'll, I'll say all kinds of things I wouldn't say. I've been uh, to when, it, when it's going into a into a can. Well, I, well, what did we do last time? We put it behind a paywall, didn't we? We recorded it and mm. put it behind a paywall. I think it was all right. It was fun for me, anyway. Uh, yes, no, but, it, but 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 psychologically, it was different. When you're talking, you're aware of the fact that this is all being recorded. So quite enough. often at the at the uh, at my audiences, I'll say, "Is anyone here a lawyer?" Uh, nobody's ever said yes. Actually, I mean, the day somebody does, I have no idea what I'd do. It's like sort of, well, don't don't tell anybody. What is said? Why don't we, here, I'm going to propose this on air. Why don't we do a middle ground at some time that you're in the UK uh, and we'll go, we'll go hire somewhere that's like a pub and we'll do like this inside F1 with Joe, just a little bit looser for the live audience. And I'll definitely do an edit and you can tell me which bits are litigious. It sounds like Netflix, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. That was how you're reading my show notes. Uh, by the way, that was Joe saying, yes, I saw it in his eyes. Uh, that's legally binding. That's probably going to happen. Um, Joe, well, you've got loads of time off. You're going to have loads of time off early in the season, aren't you? So yeah, I, might, I might do. Yes. But then again, I might not want to travel. I might, I might want to be self quarantined. That doesn't sound bad. Actually, I've honest. been self quarantined yeah. for the last two months effectively because i've barely gone anywhere i'm a dad of young I went children to Barcelona yeah. i'm a dad of two young kids joe it's not really going to make much of a difference to me a uh, benjamin davy on twitter says why was there so much will buxton on drive to survive and no uncle joe or any other <laughs> f1 journalists write to netflix at netflix.com <laughs> or whatever and say we don't like that buxton we want joe um you know the fact is i've got no idea how they choose their people i think buxton is very sort of the formula one point man these days um and if you like him that's fine if you don't like him it probably drives you bonkers but you know um that's that that's the way it is you know they only i think they only had one journalist in the whole of the Netflix. Yeah, actually. I think that's. I don't the, think they had anybody else. Well, last year um, they had year. Chris they had Medland. Yeah, last year. Yeah, and who who did a very good job? I mean, the thing that the role of the journalist is really to just sort of fill in the gaps that people don't know. It's not about glorifying the journalist um, in question. It's just sort of saying, "Well, we do this because you have to do that." Wow! The, leave it up to Gunter to be the star. You know, the, the chat room is so split. That's unbelievable. I didn't know there was people who didn't like. Will Buxton, I I think he's he is a superstar of F1 media because the guy is essentially you know he's doing improv and amdram at the same time. Everything's expressive. well. It depends what he's talking about because sometimes you know uh, whether someone likes avocados um, is not really that interesting if you're listening into Formula One or or which microphone to use. I, I spent a lot of time watching the F1 uh, testing or at least listening to it. And there were moments, I have to say, when I had to turn it off because it was driving me bonkers, um, because it was just endless chit-chat. I'm not saying it was Will. It was, it was, it was, there were a whole bunch of people involved. But it was like sort of, oh, my God, can't they just talk about the cars? You know, some, well, actually, one of the cars just set a fastest lap, which I spotted, and nobody mentioned it because they're too busy talking about hair tonic or whatever, you know. So, you know, there is a – you've got to – 
You've got to think about what the audience uh, is there for. Okay, I'll defend them a bit, actually, Joe. Uh, you don't do any commentary or anything, do you? But I've done like 20... 20- I, I have over have the years done oh, some, yes. Right. And, it, it, you know, people think that it's very hard to think what to say, but if you're a blabbermouth, it's easy. I, you don't, I, you know, you have to keep it relevant up to a point. You know, you do go, you do go off at tangents occasionally, but you know, some of the tangents, you know, whether you like avocados or not, doesn't really matter to the world. So. Uh, you mentioned Gunter Steiner there. Uh, yeah. I was scared that oh, we're not doing any Drive to Survive spoilers. So calm down, everyone. It's a documentary. You can't spoil a documentary. My oh, fear was you that can. he was going to become <laughs> uh, a caricature, become very self-aware, and I, I did get that feeling straight away that he knew, and I bet there's some pressure to be not just Gunter Steiner, but to be Gunter Steiner. I don't agree with that, actually. I thought, as I went through it, I thought the first couple of episodes were not as good as last year. But as we got further into it, I got more and more, actually, this is better than last year. So I would say that episodes two and three were probably slightly weaker than than the best one. But I thought as a whole, it it was a terrific, terrific um thing for formula one and a great promotional tool now it has brought a lot of people to formula one because it does it takes us um the only thing i'd say about country is that his hair length kept changing and so you know you know when they were into cutting sometimes his hair would be sort of long and curly i saw cyril abutable the other day i said blimey you've gone gray over the winter you must be a bit worried and he goes no i haven't i just haven't had a haircut Oh, it's so, got, yeah. Um, so you do have to th- look at that sometimes and think, you know, they are editing bits into places that don't always make sense. But that's the, the art of uh, television, darling, isn't it? Hey, excellent. Um, we are planning to do a little bit of Drive to Survive chat here on the show. Uh, it's, it's, the boys want to do like a full-on review of Drive to Survive. I think that would descend into, hey, what about that bit? Wasn't that good? So we're we're in discussion, seeing how we're going to talk about it here. I, I don't think I don't think going into the detail helps. It's also a spoiler for everybody. But I think I think that as a whole, just look at it as a whole. I think it's just I think it was just terrific. And they're doing a, one thing I did notice when you got to the episode ten. At the end of episode ten, it basically said, "See you next year." So I don't think there's any. Um, worries about them having a third series they're already doing it oh no I'm no sure, it, i expect they're already filming it no no there's there's no doubt it's a success absolutely yeah. nailed on success yeah. well last year when we went to australia it was not sure and they had a very very slim skeleton crew of people they were there but you were aware of the fact there weren't nearly as many as before because they didn't know at that point if they were going ahead fully and they were still talking about ferrari and they were still talking about um uh mercedes whether they sign up. What was really interesting for me, actually, was the fact that there was almost nothing, almost nothing about Alfa Romeo. Now, maybe they're dull, but there was almost nothing about uh, Toro Rosso, almost nothing in the whole thing. There was very little about Lando Norris. I mean, there are, there are certain things, certain people who just sort of, oh, yeah, I didn't see anything of him in there. I mean, there's some great storylines, you know, the Albon and, and, and Gasly and and. All that, all that sort of stuff. But I mean, Alfa Romeo was literally invisible throughout the whole thing. I think there was one shot at Kimi at the end, sort of like, yeah, well, you know, I could have been a contender or something. Uh, okay. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll do series three. We'll have Kimi's farewell or something. Who knows? Since you mentioned Cyril Abitibu, I think we'll go there next. I just want to clear up a couple of things in the chat room in case I, I misspoke, or I want to make clear that I enjoyed, I enjoy that kind of. Uh, test match special bantery commentary where they go off on a little bit of a tangent. You've got 16 hours of broadcast. I don't mind that at all. And certainly I would be in a very glass house if I was to criticise going off on tangents and talking about Chris Packett's floating across the track. Yeah, um, actually, they had they had, they had had six times eight. What's that? Yeah, Awful exactly. lot of hours. <laughs> Awful lot of hours. But having said that, you know, Test match special when they went off at tangents about cake that had been sent in from ladies in Bournemouth or whatever. Um, it was it was more interesting than than you know. It, it's I guess it's whether you personalise everything. It's about you. If it if it becomes about you, I don't think it's so interesting. If it's about cake from Bournemouth, it's it's different. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, and then of course very split on Buxton. I think that Buxton is such a megastar now that you are going to get. 
a, a group of vocal people that don't like him. So just to be clear, when I said Amdram and improv, I meant that as a good thing. I think he is a presenter that brings performance art to, and that is much more interesting than just a guy with a microphone saying this happened and then this happened and then this happened. I'm a big fan. So just to be clear on that, uh, Joe Reno, let me ask you a question. I'm gonna, it's multiple choice, so it's super easy, mm-hmm. Joe. Where will Reno finish in the championship? Fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth? Easy. Fourth. What? No, you can't believe that. I can because they have a uh, they are a manufacturer level organization and if they do everything right they should finish fourth so why now, will yeah. they do everything right is another matter but the fact is that they've got clever people they have a good engine now um and so i think they should finish fourth but will they i don't know do you, do you get any hint that they've made progress? Because we we have to really remember. Yes, here, I do. A considerable. They finished fifth last year behind their customer, and now Racing yeah. Point are a factor. Yes, that's true. But I think they made a lot of progress, and I think what they've done very cleverly is that they've invested the money they had because they don't have the same budget as other people. Remember that. But they have spent the money on places where it matters. So, for example, there was a story recently about they're using last year's chassis. Well, they're not using last year's chassis. They might use last year's chassis design. Yes. Um, that's not stupid. That's clever. Why would you design another chassis if you don't need to? For years, Formula One teams have been doing that. They, it, it's about body work. That's the bit that makes the difference. Chassis no longer flex in the way. They're all pretty much the <laughs> same. And there is a very sound argument for having bog standard chassis for everybody. I, I, I may be misquoting here, but I thought it was Mark Priestley who pointed out like weld points on the nose section of the Renault that they have literally just bolted a 2020 front wing onto the last year's design Mm. chassis. They may well have done. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's stupid to build, to build new cars every single year. Formula one was never like that. There was a period. Okay. I, I say was never like that. Formula one got to a point where everyone felt they had to build new chassis and then some didn't and pretended they had. But the fact is that, Sometimes, why would you change? And particularly in the modern era, everything is so advanced and so stiff and so this and so that. You don't need to change things. So you just to, need to change right. the aero for sure. Yeah. Okay. So for someone like me, I've been a Renault cynic since they've came in simply because I've never seen anything. I've never seen any evidence that they have the ambition, the drive or the capability to go forward. I'm just, what, what is it that has changed? But they have been going forward. Apart from last year, they were going forward every year. So it, it, it's kind of silly to say they're not going, you know, they, they have clearly gone from ninth to sixth to whatever it was. Okay. And then last year they took a hit uh, because they didn't get it right. And this year they have uh, Pat Fry now a bit late arriving to make a difference. But, you know, Nick Chester and his guys, they're not stupid people. They're clever people. Um, they had an awful lot of trouble with engines. And engines are now better. They've got decent level drivers now. They've got everything they need. So I think they should be fourth. Okay, but like Andy Green are clever people. The guys at McLaren are clever people. That's also true. But, you know, as I can't remember which end. I think it might have been Tom Stallard at, at McLaren saying in the testing, he said, it's great, you feel fantastic, you're energized, everything. And then you realize everyone else has yeah. been working that hard as well. And <laughs> it's bet. like sort of, ooh. <laughs> So everybody's working hard. Everybody's clever. And, um, you know, but some people are going to screw up. And that's, that's just the way it is. So why does Daniel Ricciardo seem a little glum? Why is he open to offers? Because, well, he's not going to get an offer like he's got where he is right now, to be quite honest. Nobody is going to offer him. Unless Sebastian Vettel says, oh, that's it. I'm out of here. In which case, you'd shop around. And if you're Ferrari, you'd probably say, well, we want someone cheap who we can develop like Claire was. Um, And you'd go for somebody rather than buying a star in. But I don't see Vettel quitting. Um, And I don't see even if Vettel did quit, would they go with Daniel? No, I don't see that either. They'd go with Max if they could get him, apart from the fact that Max said bad things about them and therefore they're grumpy at him for the moment. But... If Max was available, they'd, they'd fall over themselves. Yeah, he again. said they cheated. Unbelievable. Firstly, though, Joe, worst Sebastian Vettel impression ever. That was that was terrible. It wasn't. It did not did sound. I, I didn't realise I was actually impersonating Sebastian. Well, I don't think you were either. That is my critique that I've just given okay, you. Okay. Fair but Max Verstappen, I think let's finish up on on Red Bull. 
genuinely i was saying on the on to the panel on sunday i've got no idea i was on the hype train i was off it i just i want them up the front so bad for the sport they'll be there they'll be up the front and uh i, I think they might even be ahead i don't know i can't judge because look if very clever people have all the data and they can't judge how the hell are people like us Without without the data and without the brain power, perhaps, but how are people like us I feel going attacked. to work out work out who's where in the pecking order? The answer is we can't, and it's silly to do that. And and so let's just go there, and that's a big enough problem as it is. Let's just go there and find out what happens. Uh, Joe, it's a stressful start to the season for you and for the media guys. You know, I see Chris Medland on Twitter going, "I don't know, I don't know where I'm going." No, no, we're, we're, that's not stress. It's just we don't know. You know, the fact is that uh, it, it sort of adds to the interest level. We don't really care. We're, none of us are sort of, you know, want to, well, there may be some who want to wrap themselves up in cotton wool and buy all the new paper in the world. But, you know, Formula One people generally are people, yeah, let's go do it and see what happens. Um, you know, and uh, that, that's my view, which is, okay, let's just go do it. We have another adventure. I haven't had this adventure before. Mrs. Spanners, she wants to go out and just find people with coronavirus, just rub ourselves on them, and then go and sit in the house for two weeks and get it over with because she's sick of it. Uh, that that, is, that, that, that's not a good idea. No, I don't think it's a good idea. Because there is a lady in Japan who has suffered a, um, a second infection, which is really odd. Oh, okay. So it's not like chickenpox. All right. No, Good. no, no. I, 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 I'm of the opinion that yeah, yeah. I th- actually, I think I already had it. To be honest, you know, um, I, I had some nasty flu in the middle of February before it all took off, um, and uh, it was really nasty. And then it went away. I've eventually it took a long time to go away, but you know, and I've been joking about it. Oh, I've had it already. Don't worry. But you know, it was slightly alarming when this lady in Japan reinfected that's that's okay well see see kids you know we're talking about joe snivels we could be talking about ladies sending in cookies to comms boxes in f1 testing (laughs) everyone does it joe you have you have not for 24 hours you've done i haven't said whether i like avocados or not have i well joe do you like avocados i'm not talking about that all right i'll get it out i'll get it from him i'll get it well when he's least suspecting it in fact the place to ask Joe might be at one of his audiences. So go and search for Joe Blogs F1. Actually, the, the place to do it would be go to Melbourne, where they have the most pretentious menus in the world. There we go. Have, you know, uh, would you like your, your special oak aged avocado, sir? Oak aged? Or oh, whatever. They make it up. I so need go that. Along. Yeah, You've got I to have at that. least two adjectives with every um, major element in a meal. Search for Joe Blogs F1. Go to Flat Out Publishing to find Joe's products. He does a fascinating line in uh, in books, in toilet books. Fascinating F1 facts. Toilet you can books. you can read a fact <laughs> while you're on the bog. Ah, through the heart. Yeah. Oh, come on! It's a toilet book, Joe. You know it is. Um, uh, and also, you know, with the toilet roll shortages, dual purposes. So there you go. So buy Joe's books. Uh, we do have a little mini series that I'm adding to when I have time, where I am voicing. Some of those books, so you can search for fascinating F1 facts uh, on your podcatcher. Just search for that. Uh, follow the show at Missed Apex F1 and me at Spanners Ready on Twitter, Richard Ready, because that's what my mum calls me and Facebook doesn't like Spanners. Uh, Richard Ready on Facebook and uh, come and watch us iRacing on Saturday. Uh, search for our new Missed Apex Motorsport channel. Uh, find the link to that on our social media. I will be here back on Sunday as well for a new show and we'll be previewing the Australian Grand Prix if it's happening. Uh, Wherever we see you next, be brave because wounds heal, chicks dig scars and glory lasts forever. This was Inside F1 with me and Joe. Joe, you always look Blended. so amused and fed up at the same time when I'm no, doing no, gone away. when I'm doing my radioy bits. You've gone away. You're breaking up. Can't hear you. Okay, that's that is rude. If I'm honest, Joe, just you've seized up completely. You can just say goodbye normally that you want to go. You don't have to make up. No, no, excuse. no. Your internet connection is unstable. You, you don't have to be there going. Oh, I'm going through a, a tunnel. France is going through a tunnel spanners. <laughs> I can't hear you anymore. You you can just leave any time. It actually fine. did it a couple of times during the broadcast. I don't know if you picked. It no, up, your internet. No, no, was the, fine. the internet. The internet signal is not great here. No, and I was furious because like your house. 
looks amazing. You've basically got an estate now, like with vineyards and stuff. No, it's not. It's like the Picard it's Chateau. Tiny. Don't believe it. No. It's not. It's like- no, no, no. When I was young, I had all that. And I learned that the last thing you need is estates and all the rest of it. Yeah. Hey, well, hang on. I'm getting myself caught. No. <laughs> what is okay, joking? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Why is around my feet? Um, no, I had all that when I was young. I did all that. Oh, I must have touched all that vineyard stuff. Um, but then you said, oh, the I, internet's worse here. I'm like, why would you move somewhere with worse internet in 2020? Insane. Because quality of life is not the internet. Oh, never say that again. Jesus, uh, God, what the hell? Oh, well, you'll learn one day. As you get older and wiser, you'll probably get wiser. I, I've had to have, I have to have my phone on flight mode because it's also my soundboard for an hour during the day. That's killed me. I could have gone viral in this time. I could be an yeah, insta well, You're going to go viral eventually if you stay in England anyway. So. No, not me. I do my work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market normally being a little extra might be a bit much but not when it comes to health care that's why united Healthcare's health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com